Welcome to Sulphur Springs Baptist Church Sermon Audio. For more information, please visit our website at sulphurspringsbc.com. Open our eyes and our ears, Lord, so we can listen. You want to speak to us, and we know that. But we got to clean our eyes. We got to clean our ears. We got to see Jesus. And yes, we need more love. We want to bring a message this morning, the power of Christ. Colossians 1, verses 9 through 17. We want you to listen carefully as we read these verses. I want you to see what it says to us as Paul was praying to the church at Colossae. Beginning in verse 9. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Father, thank you for these words that we've read and heard. Now we pray for your spirit to speak to our hearts that we might hear spiritually this morning. May your will be done. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In this prayer, the Apostle Paul shows his great faith in the all-sufficiency of his Lord. Paul knew that when he is walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, every need that he may have is going to be supplied. And that's the same with us today. When we walk with the Lord, we can count on him to be with us, to help us, to guide us, to strengthen us. As this prayer says, of everything that we need to serve him. We have the same Lord who is rich unto all, and all we got to do is call upon him. But I want you to answer a question for me in your mind. What's the Lord done for you? Now, I know we could spend some time, but I want you to really think about that during this service when you go home today. 
this afternoon, tonight, all week long, what has the Lord done for you? What is it that you might be having problems with? Well, let me admonish you, let the Lord have the problems. He knows how to take care of them. But as we look at our message this morning, we'll try to get done by 12 o'clock. No, we'll, we'll hurry. We only got two points. But all the things that he has done, what do you think is the most important? Well, I believe we'll find that in verse 14. In whom we have redemption. Redemption through his blood. Redemption is an act. Jesus brought it about. But we also see the means, the shedding of his blood on Calvary's cross. You're familiar with the song, What can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Redemption requires a sacrifice, and it's not just any sacrifice. It had to be the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the perfect Son of God, is the only one that could go to that cross and offer himself as redemption for us. It had to be a blood sacrifice, and that's taught all through the Bible. And Jesus has the only blood, perfect blood, sinless blood, in order for redemption to take place, for our sins to be forgiven, the crucifixion of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the shedding of his blood. In the Old Testament, it had to be a lamb without spot, without blemish. That lamb had to be put up. It had to be kept for two weeks. It had to be in perfect conditions. That lamb had to be perfect. No spot, no blemish. Nothing else wrong with that lamb. The same with the Lord Jesus Christ. He had to be perfect. And he is the only one that was perfect, that is perfect, that will ever be perfect, that can bring redemption to a lost and dying world. Even people sitting in our churches today who are lost must go by the redemption of the Lord Jesus Christ and the shedding by his, of his blood in order for salvation to come unto them. No spots, no blemish. In the New Testament, Christ gave himself that he might redeem us from sin. Aren't you glad you've been redeemed? Aren't you glad that you have called upon him? Aren't you glad that he answered when you called? Aren't you glad that your sins were washed away, made as white as snow, according to the word of God? Aren't you glad that one day we'll see him face to face and we'll say, thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for opening my eyes. Thank you for opening my ears that I might hear the gospel, that I might hear that plan of salvation that that man gave to me on that night when I got saved and when you got saved. Thank you, Lord, for redemption. You know what? That redemption makes a peculiar person out of us. Now, I don't mean strange. 
I mean a redeemed person in the eyes of the Lord. You know the world don't want to hear about peculiar. They love the world too much to come walk with the Holy Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit. But we are a peculiar people in the eyes of God, made that way by none other than Jesus Christ himself. And the Bible says we ought to be zealous of good works, doing those things that glorify him, doing those things that will cause people to understand and to know that we have something that they don't, that we're going to a place that they're not unless there's a change in their heart and in their life and in their trust of the Lord Jesus Christ. But yet we still have those that will come through these doors once in a while. They'll go out in the public once in a while. But Jesus wants us to stand strong in the eyes of adversity that we might lead people to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, we have special occasions and the church house is full. Why can't it be full every Sunday? You go back in Paul's day and they had to hide in the caves in the underground tunnels to go worship. They had to close the doors of their houses but now everything's open, but yet people don't want to come and worship a mighty Savior, a Savior who can open our eyes, who can open our hearts, who can bring us to a saving knowledge of a holy and a righteous God. Oh, but the Bible also says he has forgiven us, again in verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who could do the forgiving? It had to be a perfect person. It had to be the Son of God. I can't forgive any of you other than if you do something wrong to me or if I do something wrong to you, I can forgive you of that, but my sins, only Jesus Christ can forgive. And I'm so thankful for that. Because he's the only perfect one that can forgive sins. God in Christ's sake has done this for us. According to Ephesians chapter 4 verse 32. He did it for us. Can you not see his love? Can you not see his concern for each of us today? Why would a perfect man go to a cross and die for an old sinful man? Because of his love. That he has for us. Oh. He wanted to bring forgiveness. Because mankind strayed away. From a holy and a righteous God. But for his sake. He is ready and willing to do this for us. And to forgive that sin. Which doth so easily beset us. According to Hebrews 12.1. And in forgiving. He admonishes us to become what God wants us to be in him. 
But yet, now I don't want you to take this wrong. But the Lord gave me this. I heard this a long time ago, and I don't even know who said it when I heard it or read it, but the sin of the oversized ear that causes the wagon tongue to spread discord and disrupt the church from moving forward for Christ's sake. Folks, we got to stop that. We need to praise the Lord and we need to listen to the Lord more and not to mankind other than when they're preaching the gospel or teaching the gospel or living the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's also the sin of enough that causes the church to become stagnant. Quit working, quit going out, quit giving, quit loving. Lord wants to forgive us of that and wants us to move ahead. But we also see that he has rescued us in verse 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness? Satan and his lies. God wants to deliver us from that. And he will deliver us from that if we will let him. He wants to rescue us from the grip of sin, a sin that will destroy, a sin that will cause heartaches, a sin that will cause discord among the brethren in the churches, in the homes, in this nation. He wants to free us from the fear of death. We're all going to die unless we're raptured out. But are you afraid to die? Are you afraid that maybe going home you might have an accident? You ever think about that? I do sometimes. But you know the Lord always comes and says, don't worry, <laughs> you're mine. And to be up there is going to be far better than remaining down here. As far as our relationship with the Lord. Now when he leaves us here, we have a work to do because he has rescued us from sin. Are you afraid of the dark? Well, the Bible says the lost man walks in darkness. He has no light. The Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Satan wants you to walk in darkness because his evil deeds are done in darkness. Look all around us today in the nation much of the dark, uh, evil that's done is done in darkness by dark people. Now, I'm not talking about color. I'm talking about lost people. Darkness. People are afraid of the darkness. From the dominion and delusions of the devil. The devil doesn't like it when you stand up. When pastors stand up and preach against sin and against his work. He doesn't like it, and he'll cause things to happen to get you to stop, to get me to stop, to get this beautiful music to stop. He doesn't like it. But what he will do is get you in a habit of staying home from church if you'll let him. 
The Bible also says that he has settled us. Verse 13 again. He hath delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Settled us into that kingdom. I am a part of the Lord's kingdom. Because of what happened to me on the second Friday night in March 1981, God adopted me, saved my soul, brought me into his kingdom, his family, and there I will be forever. And each of you who have made that commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ are in the same place. And we will be also forever and forever and forever. Yes, Satan wants to disrupt you. He wants to get you mad. He wants to get you to quit. But we have one more powerful that can cause the devil to flee if we will just simply pray and ask the Lord Jesus Christ. Get him out of here. I am trying to do your work and he's hindering. Lord, would you make him get out of here? And the Lord will answer that prayer for his children. We who were strangers and foreigners have, by the grace of God, been taken and settled into a new kingdom, the kingdom of a holy and a righteous God. We are under a new king, King Jesus, in entirely different conditions. And now a question, do you have that settled belief in your mind and in your heart? That you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. But what is the Lord able to do for us? Well the Bible says he's able to fill us with his knowledge of his will. Look at verse 9. For this cause we also since the day we heard it do not cease to pray for you. And to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. And all wisdom and spiritual understanding. See what God has promised to do for each and every one of his children. Fill us with his knowledge. Fill us with his will that we might know his will. And we don't have to guess about what he wants us to do. He has done that for us. And to learn his will, we find that out in the preaching services. When the reading and the preaching of God's word, we see it with regard to God's character and purpose. He has called us from sin and darkness into a special place of light under his leadership. In God's service, there is no place of mere speculation. When we are listening and God is speaking, we don't have to wonder about what he's saying and what he's calling us to do. There's no dark sides in there. Lord, I hear you. And when we say, Lord, I'm ready, watch out. You're talking about a blessing. You're talking about seeing things, hearing things, and doing things that you just absolutely could not do before. When we get into the Lord's will, 
when we realize that he is able to use us, to use this church, to build his kingdom, watch out. He will do exactly that. But also we see that he will clearly reveal his word. Verse 10 that we might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Walking worthy. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? Walking worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to think about that in our daily walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I know we're not perfect and we're going to do things or say things that's going to cause hurt and harm to others. But we need to realize and we need to think more about walking worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ, being fruitful for him. Being fruitful. Several different ways of being fruitful. But the main one is to win someone to the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe. Being fruitful to him. You might say, well, I've prayed a long time and I still don't know. Just don't know what to do. Well, just simply give your testimony. Of what God did for you. And then let the Holy Spirit take that testimony. And begin to work on a person's heart. I I started to say mind. But that's not where it's at. I know the mind. We we think. But our our real doing. Is from the heart. Oh, man. Yeah, I've I've prayed a long time, but I just don't know. But start at the beginning. Win souls. Can't win souls until you've been one yourself. You don't know how. Spirit's just not there. But the Spirit is in the word, you might can quote the word, read the word, and the spirit would take that word and convict some lost sinner's heart. That's the only way that I might see But God uses his word. But man, isn't it so much better when we live by that word and do what the Lord wants us to do. But the Holy Spirit is ready to teach. Can't be taught unless you're, you've been given wisdom by the Spirit from the Word of God. He will let you know and how to deal with people. He will give you spiritual understanding to be able to discern the situation that you might be in. The Bible tells us, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth liberally according to James 1.5. 
Lord, I need your help, and you've promised to help. Now, I'm counting on you. And when we pray that in Jesus' name, God will help each and every one. The Bible also says that to help us walk worthy of the Lord and all pleasing. The verse, first part of verse 10, that you might walk worthy of the Lord. Many references in the word concerning the Christian walk. There's an outward, visible expression of what's inside of us and how we use it every day. Outward expression of what's inside of us. And people see that. And we need to be concerned about that. Everything that we do, everything that we say, the music that's played, the songs that are sung should be pleasing to God. We're here to worship. Isn't that what we sung about? Here we are to worship. Here we are to bow down before a holy and a righteous God. We want to be pleasing unto him. The Bible tells us in Ephesians 4.1, walk worthy of your vocation, whatever God's called you into. Walk worthy of that vocation. The Bible also says in Romans 6.4, walk in newness of life. Don't go back to that old standard that you used to go by. Ask the Lord to give you a new direction, a new hope, and he will do that very thing. Ephesians 5.15 tells us to walk as the wise, not haphazardly. Whatever you do, pray about it. Wherever you go, pray about it. And as we saw in that beautiful wedding yesterday, pray about that also. Many of you already married, been married many years. No doubt you've prayed a lot of prayers. There's been ups and there's been downs. But you newlyweds, or you that might be thinking about getting married or want to be married someday, pray and ask the God give you wisdom as far as that young lady or that young man is concerned in your life. Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God, according to Hebrews 11.5. Wouldn't you like to have been Enoch? Wouldn't you like to have been walking with the Lord Jesus Christ one day and blinked and you're in heaven? That's exactly what happened to him. But you know one way another it's going to happen to us. This old body will lay down and I'll breathe my last breath and the next one will come in that beautiful place called heaven. Oh, what a sight. What joy. What peace. And what an understanding we will have of God. <clears throat> the Bible tells us in Isaiah 40, 31, to walk and not faint is a crowning blessing. When you start, don't turn around. Don't give up. Don't say, I can't. 
because you have the greatest power in all the world walking with you, helping you in every situation. It's a crowning blessing, according to Isaiah. But he also wants to make us fruitful in every good work. Verse 10 again, being fruitful. Paul prayed this prayer to the church at Colossae. Be fruitful in every good work. What a victory this would mean to many a discouraged worker. Lord, just give me one victory. Well, you already have it if you're a Christian. You have victory over death, sin, and the devil. It's already there. Jesus gave it to you. Walk worthy of the calling that he has placed upon you. Being fruitful, it's possible because it's God honoring according to John 15, 8. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear fruit. A barren ministry is dishonoring to God. It also betrays the worker's weakness. We have the Holy Spirit. And what has God promised that the Holy Spirit will do for us? Well, do you remember in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit, those nine things that God will give to us? Be faithful. Be fruitful. God helps us. But he also wants to strengthen us with his might. Not ours, but his might. Again, in strengthened with all, in verse 11, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Not ours, not the church's, but the Lord's power that in, empowers all of us to do what he wants us to do. All the power and glory the Lord has awaits his needy, believing people. Oh, what joy you'll see and receive when you realize that. All the power and glory the Lord has awaits his needy people who will call and ask. Strength here refers to that we might be patient and long-suffering with joyfulness. No, sometimes that's hard, isn't it? Patience. To be joyful. When things are going bad. When our health is going. Hard to be joyful. Hard to be patient. But when I read that, my mind goes back to that first church when they were being persecuted. And instead of turning around and going back, they stood strong. And many of them were martyred 
because they knew that Christ was worthy of everything and anything that they might obtain. Many of God's saints in the past have out of weakness been made strong according to Hebrews 11, 34. And the last thing that we see, Lord, make us meet for your inheritance. Because the saints have an inheritance. Verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. What's awaiting me and you in heaven? I, I read some of it. I have no idea what God has in plan in his plans for us. But like I say, I've read some of it. But can you imagine eternity of, of just simply no sin, no walt, no cries from pain, no separation? That's part of what we're looking forward to. And that's part of what God has planned for us. Lord, just make me meet. Make me ready. Make me willing to accept your inheritance that you have for us. Paul did not believe that the saints were buried in the darkness of the grave. All oh, this old body is going to lay down one day, and it'll be put in the darkness of the grave, but I won't be there. And if you're a Christian, you won't be there. And I think the Bible says if you're lost, you won't be there either. But for the Christian, we'll be in the presence of the Lord. But for the lost, you'll be in total misery. The Lord has promised that we might enter into the full light of the presence of his glory. Living in the fellowship of the Redeemer. Oh my, we're going to be partakers of his glory. But that's for the Christian. Lost person. What are you looking forward to? What do you hope to gain? Oh, one day I'll come. Are you sure about that? How many of you have a contract that you'll be here tomorrow? <laughs> Nobody raised their hand. Lord has told us in this chapter how to walk. But he's also given us an invitation to come to the one who helps us in that walk. Lord, I'm just a man, but I need you. 
Lord, I'm just a woman, but I need you. Aren't you glad that Jesus said, I will come when you open your heart to me. I will in no wise cast you out. I will in no wise leave you in tr trouble, pain, hardships, knowing that Jesus is the answer to the sin problem of this world. You can be saved today. This word says you can. And the Lord Jesus Christ says you can. Would you come to him today? Would you say yes to him? The one who gave his life on Calvary's cross so that we could be saved? You will never regret it. Lord, Thank you so much that you've promised to be with us and to help us. But for those who have not realized that promise in their heart and life yet, Lord, we ask that you would bring them to you, that you would help them to call out to you and to know your sweet peace and what you would have them to do. We ask this in your son's name who died for us on Calvary's cross. Rose again with the promise. He's coming again. Lord, may your will be done. Thank you for listening. Please remember to drop a rating and subscribe to get our latest audio.